welcome to the Pillars of Health podcast with resident strength coach, John Carroll. The Pillars of Health is on a quest to help you gain insight into the best ways you can manage stress, sleep, exercise, and nutrition in order to live your best life. Stay up to date with the Pillars of Health podcast by checking out our Facebook and Instagram pages, as well as CoachJohnCarroll.com. Today's episode is a day in the life of a strength coach couple featuring my wife, Erin. Welcome, Erin. Well, just have to summon her out of the bedroom there to do this episode. <laughs> I was hiding. So we're going to talk a little bit about our schedule, what it's like to be a couple in the same industry working together, and kind of address everything that goes into a normal day slash week for us. Okay, before we get into the details, real quick, if you have a spare second, head on over and leave us a review on iTunes. That would be great. And also, if you have any questions, the email address here at the podcast is the Pillars of Health Pod at gmail.com. Let's get into today's icebreaker. So this one is a doozy. The question is, what was your first job and what did you like about it? You're going to go first, Aaron. I worked at a little local home decorating shop as so my we, first So we job. just actually found out that we had the exact same job. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we read this question and I was like, what? That was your first job? Uh, I don't remember really liking or disliking anything in particular about it. It was a pretty easy job. I I like checked people out and wrapped up their things nicely and off they went. So I was I was working in a home decor store. Shout out to Home Decor and Navin back home. So it was a paint mixing and you know, you can come in and buy uh furnishings for your house, regards decorations, paint, you know, everything. So it was open to consumers and also to contractors. And early on, I remember a couple of instances of where, you know, you had to put together certain mixtures of paint for contractors, and I got them wrong. Oh, no. And so you're, like, sending these guys out the door with, with like, a lot four or five bottle, or cans of paint, large cans of paint. And they're going back, like, uh, that was the wrong color. And like, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> about that. But over time, you learned how to, you learned how to do it right. All right. So I guess the the home decorating store I worked at was a little bit different than you. We didn't sell paint. We sell sold like furniture and like little knickknacky type things and light fixtures and hardware and such. Yeah, it was fine. I, I had a good time. I had great people to work with. I was close to food places for lunch. <laughs> so priorities were straight. From there, let's go into our first question on our, our day in the life of a strength coach couple. When people ask, what do you love about your job and what's the biggest drawback, how do you respond? So I think most of our clients kind of understand the drawbacks of our job, which probably just the long days, or that's the first thing that you would think of as one of the drawbacks. And yeah, that's sometimes pretty tough. But ultimately, I think loving what you do and working with really great people uh, makes getting up early in the morning and working some long days pretty easy. So... Yeah, and just to kind of spell it out, our normal schedule, I mean, I start every day and most of the time, Aaron, too, we are starting at 6 a.m. So we're up at 5, 15, depending how many times we hit the snooze, but <laughs> <laughs> then we come in from there. But we also, from the outset, we make a constant effort to go to bed uh, around a certain time. So preferably, you know, at the latest 10 o'clock the night before. And then we're in for six. A normal schedule would be six to ten, six to eleven, maybe even you know longer than that, right? So sometimes you go six to one or six to twelve, right? Yeah, I do. And so that can be a long morning. And then on top of that, as a coach, you're working a split shift more or less all the time, you know. So we live in a very fortunate area 
our position to be in because a lot of people can come in for lunchtime or you know afternoon sessions, but that's not always the case everywhere you go, right? Right, and so we call them kind of our prime time hours, and that's between like six and nine a.m. and then what do you think, like five and eight? Five to eight, yeah, yeah. yeah. So part of the the biggest thing I love about this this uh, position or job is the ability to create your own schedule, right? And the longer you're a coach the more control you have over this because as a younger coach starting out, you're just trying to create a client base and, you know, kind of get known as to what you do and stuff like that. So that would be definitely be my, my biggest love of the job. How about you? Yeah, I definitely like the freedom of creating my own schedule. But again, getting up every morning at 5.30 and getting to do something that I love makes me, or that's probably the best thing about my job, I think. Yeah, I love working with the people I have and uh, 6 a.m. clients. And definitely over time, you know, certain people are more aligned to be a 6 a.m. client, you know. (laughs) Uh, I was talking about how a normal training session goes. So you start off slow, you have a warm-up, and then you build up and you have your your peak of the the lift or strength training, whatever it may be, and then you kind of tone down towards the end of the the session. And that would be the same for my clientele. I kind of have people who are, you know, they kind of start off the day slowly. (laughs) And then my people at the end of the day, are kind of finishing slowly too so yeah that's definitely something you taught me as I kind of started taking more one-on-one clients was to try and build your schedule around how you're feeling so early in the morning kind of clients that have um, an easygoing vibe and same late in the evening you've always worked our schedules are more aligned now than they used to be but you worked some pretty tough hours when we first started dating Tougher than I've worked. I never took any 5 a.m. clients or 9 p.m. clients. That was never. Yeah, back in the day when I, I was at a commercial gym, and I was there a while before you came on board, but I used to take 5 a.m. clients, and I used to work till 10 p.m. Woof, woof. <laughs> and that is not sustainable, so no. let me just tell you. So I, I, I remember being so tired during one session that I totally blanked on someone's name. I was like, why can't I remember this person's <laughs> name? I was like, Someone oh, that's right. Like really well. I have slept four hours. That's why. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was an indication like, okay, maybe we need to scale back the hours we're working. Yeah. Yeah. But just going back to your question, you answered what you love about your job. What do you think is the biggest drawback about what we do? I think the biggest drawback, and you know, it's, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's drawback slash maybe a fear that's in the back of every coach's mind, you know. Uh, unless you're in a high school or maybe a college position as a coach, you're probably not going to get paid time off. Yeah. And even then you may not, you know. So a lot of times when you are not working, you are not getting paid. So if you're taking a vacation, that's unpaid. And then if you happen to get sick or injured, that's not going to be covered either. And, you know, that's where something like AFLAC will come into play. Um, but yeah, that's that's just something that kind of hangs over your head and, you know, it's definitely can be a worry just because who knows what can happen sometimes, you know? For sure. There's definitely a little bit less security in the type of job that we do than um, what most normal folks have. But, you know, I think things balance themselves out and as a coach, you're trying to tell people how to look after themselves and if you're doing a good job looking after yourself, then I think your risk of injury and sickness should be decreased, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So overall, how many hours per week are you working on average? 
So I do probably at this point around 30 client sessions. Those are each an hour long. And then I teach five studio classes a week. So 35 hours in the gym, but then you have to remember all the preparation that goes into each one of those sessions. So all my clients are on programs and the classes are programmed and usually that's done ahead of time and you only have to do it every couple of weeks depending on how far out you're programming. So there's some time that goes into things outside of the gym as well. Yeah, so I'm usually doing around 30 to 35 uh, sessions per week. For a long time, I was doing 35 to 40 and plus, uh, you know, a lot of times over 40. And again, it's one of those things like, is it sustainable long term? And just energy wise, it just wasn't for me. So 30 to 35 is my uh, sweet spot. And that's all Monday through Friday taking weekends off, which is a relatively new thing for me because I've worked Saturdays for a large part of my career. Yeah. I just recently took my weekends back myself and we are enjoying having a little bit of extra time together. Yeah. It's not like a morning when you can sit and enjoy a coffee and have nothing to do really. <laughs> I always joke like having my coffee in a mug is such a treat because usually we have our coffee to go every morning. It's true. So what's a typical busy day for you? If you can go through and detail Okay, what's, you know, is there one day per week that perhaps it's the busiest one for you and kind of detail how much you're on the go? Yeah, so I think Thursdays are probably my busiest day, although I know our schedules differ in that. Um, I'm not actually teaching any clients. I just have a lot of client sessions on Thursdays, so I usually work from about 6 to noon, give or take a, um, a little bit of time there, and then I have to be back in around 4 um, and so I, I only have four hours off and that, that time I have to get my own workouts done and any other like errands or cooking, et cetera, like food type stuff in there. And so that's a pretty busy day for me. I try and be home as well. Like I don't want to only just be home for an hour or 30 minutes because most people who know us know we have dogs. So I feel bad leaving them at home for those long days. So I try and come home in the middle of the day to spend some time with them and get them out for their own exercise. Yeah. My busiest day is usually at Thursday as well. It, it kind of varies Wednesday or Thursday. So for example, we said getting up, starting at six, you go into 10 or 11, and then I may have Pilates or, <laughs> or my Things own. Things you didn't know about Jonathan. He takes Pilates. Pilates or laundry to do. You know, I have to do all the errands. Uh, <laughs> that's my one. That's a lie. <laughs> and then I have my training session myself. And from there, by the time you get through all that, it's probably three or four o'clock and you're back into the evening for the second half of the split schedule. So that can be a long day. That can be up to 10 hours, 10 to 12 hours on the go and that definitely wears on you. Uh, whenever I get a chance during the week, if I have time to take a 45, 90-minute nap, I'll try and do that. But apart from that, that's that's kind of how each day will go Monday through Friday. Yeah, yeah, about that. Some days we have a little bit more time during the day, which is always nice. And Fridays, we don't go back in in the evening. We get it all done in the morning time. So it's nice. We're usually done by about 1 o'clock. Yeah, I remember growing up like Fridays at school, at high school, you know, you would finish... You know, we're just looking forward to it because it was the weekend. And so, you know, when three o'clock came in school and just like everybody got out, everybody's like, yeah, this is the weekend, you know. <laughs> and then Monday, like, oh, my God, it's it's Monday already. <laughs> but on Fridays here, like, I look forward to the Fridays. I, you know, get a lot done on my weekends. I also enjoy them. So by the time I come back in Monday, I feel pretty refreshed. Yeah, pretty recharged. That's important. That is important. Yeah. Especially when you have a fresh week to go up against. 
So on an average day, when would we normally wake up? Oh, we like to hit snooze. So I, I don't know how long ago we eliminated the two alarm clock situation. For the longest time, my alarm would go off and then his alarm would go off and then my alarm would go off again. And even though we were going into work at the same time, so I don't know, maybe about a year ago, we just switched to one alarm. Yeah, on top of that, though, we, we had these alarms that were just horrifying. <laughs> like, it literally woke you up and you were stressed. Your heart rate. You were stressed. 5.15 in the morning and you were like, I'm about to die. <laughs> so I have, over the course of time, brought in a new alarm system. Multiple times. We're and on a new, we're on a new, new one. one. The newest one is the gradual light riser. So it starts off in a low light and gradually builds to kind of look like real sunlight. And we've used it a couple of times. It has been beneficial it's been it's much better than the searing noise of the you know old alarm clocks <laughs> i don't notice it though the problem is like i'll sleep because right so through the light yeah, so uh, i'm a pretty good sleeper so the first alarm goes off at 5 15 neither one of us need a lot of time in the morning and we're about a four or five minute drive to work at that stage so frequently we don't actually get out of bed until five twenty-five. <laughs> we brush um, the teeth. i will say we are very lucky to live so close to work there are yeah, a lot of people sure. who have to commute long distances and that is just so it takes a toll you know it takes a toll on your body physically and mentally and to be able to drive into work in four or five minutes is really great. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people also question like, well, yeah, well, what about the dogs, don't they? So we're also super lucky that we have our own entryway. Even though we live in an apartment, we don't share an entryway. So our dogs are not really morning dogs. They want to be fed. They want to go out and then they want to go back to sleep. So that's exactly what happens. We feed them. We open up the front door. They go out to the front yard on their own. They get busy and they come right back in and get back in bed. <laughs> yeah. I want to have their schedule for one day. It's so good. It's so good. You eat, you go back to bed, and then you sleep until you know someone comes home and wakes you up. So it's pretty good. Yes. From there, what time would we normally eat breakfast, or what is our consumption of liquids breakfast? Because <laughs> it can be liquids. Yeah. So because we eat dinner pretty late, um, neither one of us are really ready for breakfast when we get up so early at 5.30. You drink a lot of water in the morning. First thing, I try to consume water, but... Honestly, I really just want coffee. <laughs> I will say, I have this protocol, which I think I need to put out there for everybody here. Before you have coffee in the morning, and again, depends on the time you get up, but if you're an early riser, and because we're in for 6 a.m., I'll drink water for two hours, and then I'll have some coffee. And you know what? I'm not saying this is groundbreaking or brand new stuff, but it just feels better. Like feels like my body's better able to take the coffee in. A lot of times when you have coffee first thing in the morning, I think it can be... Maybe too much sometimes. A little harsh on your stomach. Yeah. Yeah, so you're really good about that. I try to be good about that. I make these snacks for us to take to work every week. Jonathan loves them. The one that I make for him is a mixture of like oats, ground flax, chia seeds, peanut butter, almond butter, and some dark chocolate chips. And you roll it up into little balls or little bites. And he has like two of those mid-morning with his coffee and he loves it. Oh, I I look forward to them so much. Like when I can sit down and have those, I'm like, this is amazing. I used to make them in like smaller batches and now I've gotten into like mass making them, producing them (laughs) because they'll, they'll last forever. So as long as you keep them in an airtight container. I actually don't eat those myself. I'm, I'm more of like a piece of fruit in the morning type person. Occasionally I'll do like a blueberry muffin or something that, again, that I make at home. 
But usually I just have a piece of fruit or something to get me through the morning. And then we come home and we're more of like a brunch or lunch. That's our first meal of the day, really. And it's pretty big, I would say, compared to what most people eat. Yeah, well, we're not really taking in a breakfast per se. This would be our breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Um, Well, that's, I mean, it depends on the day, but usually around like noon or one. 11 to one. Yeah, between 11 and one, depending on the day. A ton of vegetables and usually some eggs and other stuff. So, cool. all right. So, when do we normally get our lifts in? When do we train as coaches? <laughs> we actually don't train a whole lot together, do we? We don't mm-hmm. see so much of each other, <laughs> <laughs> and we like to do our own thing when we're at the gym and kind of get in the zone. So, just in the middle of the day, there, whenever you got time. Middle of the day, yep, exactly. When you, whenever you have time, I've I've really gotten into the habit over the last couple of years of scheduling in my own training time, just because it would get pushed to the wayside whenever I didn't and become the last thing on the list, you know. So prioritizing that has led to definitely more results for me personally when it comes to my fitness goals. Yeah, yeah I need to take one from your book there and be better about that. Yeah. Nap time. So this is a very <laughs> highly disputed topic in our house because I am a huge nap advocate. And then I have Erin who is, she sometimes likes to nap, but then because she's so go, go, go sometimes, she just can't nap. If my to-do list is really long, I have a really hard time like ignoring that and, and sitting down and slowing down. So uh, we also live in a pretty small space. So if I'm like bumping around the place trying to get stuff done, it would be very difficult for him to nap. Yes, and there have been numerous conversations about that. (laughs) We're all doing our best. (laughs) So overall, you can kind of get the impression that, you know, it's a pretty busy schedule. And when it comes to meals in particular, you know, it can't be a spur of the moment thing. Like, what am I going to pick up and eat? So I have to say, Aaron does an awesome job at planning the uh, weekly meals out, especially the dinners and you know, she knows ahead of time what she's having or making for breakfast for us. And uh, that plays a huge role in allowing us to get some food in and not taking up a huge chunk of time, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you guys know how I feel about meal planning. If you follow me on Instagram or if you've listened to any of our other podcasts on nutrition, I feel very strongly about it, whether you are cooking at home or you are deciding what where to source your food outside of the house. So I think meal planning can seriously help you eat healthier and feel better yes uh, like you said it takes the mental energy out of it and when it comes down to uh, having to critically think about stuff in the evening that can be a challenge sometimes (laughs) Uh, speaking of dinner we normally get to eat our dinner between certain hours so for the most part I will finish at 8pm most evenings Monday through Thursday uh, sometimes 9, and then that kind of sets me back a little bit, so I'm taking in dinner between 9.30 and 10. How about you? Yeah, most days I eat between 8.30 and 9, dinner, I would say. Um, every once in a while, I'll, on Wednesdays, I work until 9, or I get home around 9, so dinner's a little bit later. And thankfully, <laughs> I think both of us can fall asleep even after eating that late. Maybe our, we're, it's just because we're used to it. I know some people say they struggle falling asleep if they have a late meal. Yeah, we seem to have adapted to the schedule. Um, and, you know, one of the things you, you've heard that's kind of been drilled into us as a society over time is, you know, you got to take in breakfast, you got to take in breakfast. That's true. Breakfast can it can definitely be the most important meal of the day. But, I, again, I, I think it's just down to the individual. Certain things will work for certain people. And, uh, yeah, just to try it out and see what works best for you. And we have, over time, kind of created a 
a plan of eating per se that aligns with our schedule for sure i think that's the most important thing like find find what meals are important to you and what work well for your schedule make your body feel good and stick to it so what would you say that we like the most about our schedule uh i think the freedom to to make it what works for you your schedule yeah is the best thing. What do you well, think? Well, freedom of multiple things, right? It's freedom to plan your schedule regards, you know, who who you take at what time. And also, you can plan your vacation whenever, right? Yeah. So that's a huge bonus when we want to get off and get a beach holiday. <laughs> <in or something. laughs> and it's nice and when it's when the weather is a lot nicer, we can enjoy those middle of the days when the sun's out and stuff where most people are still at work. Yeah, that's huge. All right. So what are some of the pros and cons of working together? I'll go first on this one. Some of the pros are I get to see my wife all day long, and that is important to me. Seeing her smile and having fun together is something that is important in life, and this is the person, after all, who you have chosen to spend the rest of your life with. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a good time together. But we've also, over time, learned how to exist together at work because you'll come across people and they'll say, you know, I don't know how you live with your significant other, and that's fine. Like, some people can't do that, but... Over time, I think we as a couple have learned how to optimize our time together. And basically, from my opinion, is not taking our time together for granted. For sure. And I think learning, being in tune with the other person's needs and how they're feeling has really served us well. The The largest challenge we've faces, faced thus far was when I decided to downsize regards cars. So I got rid of my car and then we had one car. So we were, <laughs> we were carpooling to work and in order to you know run errands and this person needed to go here and there where one person would have to drop that other person. So we've done that for a year and we we're like, okay, this is, this is kind of tough. We thought this would be easy. It's not. But having the option of a second car and in Somerville, it's kind of being a little spoiled in that respect because we are so close to work. The freedom it gives you as an individual because you are with your significant other at work can be beneficial. Yeah, and slight discrepancies in our schedule where you would finish an hour before me or I would finish an hour before you, the person would end up either sitting around and kind of wasting time, uh, trying to be productive, or they would go home, they'd turn around and come back. So this just gives us both a little bit more freedom. It seems wasteful that we're both going to the same place frequently at the same time, but usually our schedules don't match up exactly. So this has helped a lot. It has, and I think we've learned how to interact better. And because we are in a, a people business, this has been a huge learning experience as to how to approach different situations in which you know, you're around someone for a long time and kind of benefits us in what we do, right? Yes. Quick side note, I got that car on a rental and I got the lowest price. <laughs> I'll tell you more about that story it's, some other time. But <laughs> it's not a rental, it's a lease. It's a lease, sorry. It's a lease. <laughs> rental car, <laughs> full time. $5,000 a month. <laughs> uh, I got a lease. Key here, go in on the last day of the month at the last hour. They'll give you whatever you want. All right. So, what would you say is your ideal schedule? Oh, I would definitely do all morning clients if it was up to me. I would not want to go back in the afternoon, evening time. Yeah, that's that's been my goal for a long time. You kind of stole my answer. <laughs> Sorry. Yep, why? So. so why? Look, maybe. Well, if I would, if I could do six to one, six to two, and then I was off for the rest of the day, I can get my workout in, and then you just have a little bit more chunk of free time. You know what I mean? Kind of a block of time to say, okay, I kind of work on this. 
right now it's very hard apart from the weekends to sit down and, and kind of dedicate yourself to a project or something like that or editing podcasts <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is true it it's hard to like sit days. down and yeah. do something and then you have to get up and go back to work for me i would say just it's sometimes it's hard after getting up early and getting your own workout in and stuff by four or five o'clock rolling around you're pretty tired so you kind of have to rally a little bit to get back to work and once you're there it's fine but you know you got that like little afternoon sleepiness you're at home oh yeah i get that all the time (laughs) (laughs) you know that way where you're kind of slowly lulling into a nap but then someone's making noise in the kitchen (laughs) cooking a meal for you oh it must be so hard (laughs) smallest violin in the world is playing right now all right so Things we do to stay optimal with this split schedule, and straight away off the bat, I'm going to give Aaron a ton of credit because, like I mentioned before, the food prep slash planning when it comes to meals takes a huge uh, burden off the uh, schedule list. Thank you. Uh, What else would you say? You always encourage me to slow down and take time for myself as well. Like, what what. Ever that means that week, whether it's napping or like finding time to do something that I wanted to do, uh, you definitely advocate for that. Like, don't forget about the things that you want, not that you feel like you need to do. Yeah, I think it's it's really easy to get caught up on. I have this huge to do list to do. I've got to knock it out, and you get so obsessed with the list. It's like, well, really, what's important? Right? Is it is important to you getting these things done or? being sane you know sometimes <laughs> it's kind of a balance between the two slowly i'm learning to listen <laughs> but slowing down is a great motto to have because we are just we've just been primed to have this high intensity lifestyle and at some point that has got to stop so. yeah and i think people even who aren't working a split schedule get sucked into that it's just kind of the american way like go 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 so yeah it's well yeah <laughs> it's not serving us it's not serving us like if we were to examine right now where our health is at as a nation is it doing us justice probably not yeah and when i think about health i think about lots of things not just are you getting your workouts in are you eating no, healthy but like are you happy are your relationships healthy like are you doing things that you enjoy like well great example is one beach vacation we took i done a lot of work on that beach vacation right and so I came back feeling like, well, what did I actually get away from? Nothing. And, you know, the amount of people I come across from in my line of work where they prioritize work so much, like it is their identity. This is what they do. They work all the time. And then adding a high-intensity workout on top of that, and Joel Jameson had a really good article recently called Why the High-Intensity Mindset Has Failed Us. It kind of details, like, this is why you're not seeing results in the gym. Yeah. You know, and... The amount of energy our body can produce is limited per day. More is not always better. And you need to slow down sometimes and recover. Yeah, that's a really good reminder. Next up, biggest lessons we have learned over the years (laughs) of coaching. You can go first in this one. Over the years, not just this year, many years. I think looking at my position in, in sort of like any situation and asking how I can do better a younger me might have been like, oh, what was me? This is hard. This person doesn't want to listen to me. And instead of being like, what can I do better? I'd be like, what's wrong with them? And so I think stopping that mindset, that like victim mindset and starting to look at things from a different perspective has not only served me, but it's served my clients a lot better. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes with maybe just being a little bit younger and 
you know, having a different mindset, right? And a little bit of experience will kind of change that over time. Yeah. My first point would be, as a young coach, your goal should be to get so good that you can create the schedule you want. And that's kind of where I started out. You know, you're pretty much at the mercy of just taking on people to try and gain some hours. You know, that's tough early on. And then over time, once you're a little bit more established as a coach, you have the freedom to kind of mold your schedule as you want. So yeah, that's one thing I learned early on. Uh, what would be your second point? Just before I go into my second thing, you've always been really good at that, like pushing yourself to learn more about things and just getting really good at what you do. You know, the way I look <laughs> at it is I don't know everybody and I don't know anybody who does know everything. So the more I can learn and kind of filter it and make sense of things, the more useful I can be to the people I coach. So. Yeah, that's true. But it's, it's hard to have that mindset sometimes, like when you're working as many hours that you as you are in the gym, to kind of want to come home and learn more. You do want to learn more, but just being exhausted and feeling... Yeah. It, it takes a toll because some of the, the courses will be on weekends, so you finish on a Friday, you go Saturday, Sunday, and then you're back in on Monday. So sometimes you're like, okay, i got to sacrifice this weekend in order to get better, but it comes with the territory. Right. right. Uh, my second thing I learned or I'm still learning, but I'm <laughs> is, and we've talked about it already, but learn to rest or to slow down. Uh, I think like three years ago, that might've been my motto going into the new year to slow down. Someone I worked for a while ago always used to say that accidents happen when you're in a rush. Um, and that's so true. Like you make way more mistakes when you are trying to rush through things. So slow down, take your time, rest, recharge, Etc. Nothing good ever happened from being in a rush, I'll tell you that much. So. <laughs> My second point would be kind of having a separation of church and state. And by church and state, I mean <laughs> home and work. So, Because the two of us work together, we are obviously coming home together. Two individuals who are married and talk about something other than work is huge. And number one, making things work for the long term. And number two, just giving you a mental break from everything you've, you've kind of gone through during the day. So Yeah. And I mean, we love what we do. So we frequently talk about work. Of course, it's yeah. not like we come home and we don't. But recognizing that sometimes you have to switch it into something else as yeah. well. Yeah. I have different gears. My third point, I think this will be my last one on, on my lessons, although there's, I'm sure there's plenty more. Being okay with not being for everyone. Not everybody has to like you. You don't have to be everybody's coach. Um, and it's better off for the client if, if they work with someone who their personalities mesh with. I get along with almost everyone, but that doesn't mean that there are certain people who maybe just aren't the right fit. But I work with a lot of really great folks that might get along better with people um, and my way might not fit them and that's okay so being okay with who you are and if people don't like that you have to be okay with that yeah I saw a great quote not too long ago about being a coach in general and it was you're never going to please everyone 100% of the time and I think that's why having a diverse coaching staff is essential yeah the last point for me would be uh, solitude <laughs> and coming home on the weekends, just having some time alone, whether it's just to think or even, you know, do a little bit of meditation, which I'm trying to improve the frequency of, but just giving your brain that off time. And I think that allows you to kind of see a lot, a lot of things in more perspective. And we talked about switching gears. This kind of puts us in neutral for a little while and allows us to, to think and kind of come to some conclusions and take a little break. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't know Jonathan in real life and you only know him from listening to the podcast, you probably don't know this about him, but he's a pretty big introvert. He likes his own time and he needs to recharge with quiet and 
and space to himself. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But it it makes it extra important that he gets that time. Yeah. It's kind of like Ace Ventura, you know, <laughs> that one where he's like the Buddhist monk at the beginning. <laughs> That's me in my old times. <laughs> okay. Would we swap it for anything else? No way. No, no. way. We love it. Yeah. I wouldn't swap it for anything else. I so. love my job. Yeah. There are multiple things out there that seem more appealing, but at the end of the day, when you get down to nitty gritty, I think I have the best job in the world. Yeah, for sure. Do we share tasks and who is in charge of what? You go first. All right. Mine is easy because I only have a couple of things. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. It's not easy. So I do all the financial things. I do car maintenance most of the time. I do the laundry, which is the... Thorn in my side. <laughs> His one chore. Matching socks will be the end of me. <laughs> I hate matching socks. <laughs> and then I do the fun stuff like planning vacations and all that good stuff. Yeah. He's, he says his stuff is easy, but it's just where we try and play to our strengths here is something that we could easily say, like, or I could easily say, and I used to say, like, oh, I do all the cooking. Again, that, like, what was me mindset? But I enjoy cooking. I enjoy having the kitchen to myself. I like things the way I like things. That's my one of my strengths. So that's why I do the food prep, and there's nothing wrong with that. When I need a night off, we go out. Um, I am terrible with finances, as Jonathan can attest yes. to, and it's very stressful to me to budget money and stuff. So that's <laughs> something he's very good at, and that's why he does that. So I do food prep, grocery shopping. I do most of the puppy stuff. I like to help out when I can. Yeah, yeah. He takes the dogs for walks again if I have a long day or something. And then most of the household chores. This woman loves to get on a cleaning kick. (laughs) If I come in the door and she's cleaning, I'm like, all right, peace out. I'll see you later. (laughs) He likes to call me Monica from Friends. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you are definitely Monica from Friends. (laughs) We briefly talked about the proximity to our work. What would you say are like the huge benefits of that real quick? I mean, we go back and forth so many times a day from home to work that... And we can do that without it being a huge ordeal, lots of traffic and whatever. Um, If you have an hour off, you could come home. I mean, usually we we don't come home for that short or brief a period, but you could come home. So I'd say that's the, the biggest benefit to living so close. What about you? Yeah, just having the ability to, I mean, sometimes I have to stay at the training room or, you know, at the gym for multiple hours, maybe even the entire day. Then one of us can come home, you can come home or you have to stay, I can come home, et cetera. So it gives us the flexibility to work around having two dogs. Yeah. But I, I also remember when I used to work at the corporate gym that I used to work at, I used to live in Quincy. You <laughs> would drive in, I would drive in and stay there the entire day, and that meant taking a nap in the break room. Oh. And it was just like, and plus the gym was downstairs, so there was no natural light coming in. Yeah. So you're pretty much a zombie at the end of the day. And the day. break room was like a closet. Yes. On to better days. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. Living that far away would be tough. We have some coworkers that do it. and It's tough going there. Yeah. Do we coach differently, and how is this a good thing? Oh, you answer that one. So I would say definitely we coach differently, and that is definitely a good thing to have different styles of coaching. I do more smaller group stuff, one-on-ones. I do uh, some large group classes now and again, but yeah. Erin is definitely more of a group class person, and she manages that very well. I can bring it. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but you brought it. Yeah, so. I can bring it. Uh, but yeah, I enjoy 
the relationships I establish with the people I coach and train. And I mean, if that's one-on-one or groups, it just happens to work out where I do more predominantly one-on-one or smaller group stuff. So yeah, Yeah. I've kind of slowly started easing into more one-on-one sessions. I always love my one-on-one sessions. I have a lot of really awesome clients, so it's nice to spend that time with them. Um, and really have a lot more control over their progress because I get to spend that time with them. But I also like the energy of group classes, although I don't teach quite as many as I used to when I started the training room. I'm I'm enjoying running the kettlebell stuff right now, and I teach a couple of spin classes or cycling, as we call them, at the TR. Uh, I think just being together, having a diverse skill set is nothing but a good thing. And it's always good now and again to kind of change things up, and if you have to cover someone or you choose to cover someone uh it's good to challenge your your norm right and kind of get you out of your comfort zone yeah absolutely it's always a good thing to get out of your comfort zone you want to tell them a story about that time when you lost your voice <laughs> that was new year's day right it was new year's day i was i think that was my first year at the training room it was kind of like a a few things had happened i was supposed to co-teach with someone whose flight got caught up and they didn't make it back in time and I got really sick and it had come on a few days before but I was like you know what I'm gonna be fine I'm gonna just rally through it I'll take day quill or whatever it was New Year's Eve I went to sleep at like 8 30 <laughs> left Jonathan That's up normal. On the- <laughs> That's normal time, so. all right I usually go to sleep at like 8 45 <laughs> yeah so I went to sleep really early I got up the next morning I was like this is gonna be fine And I had a client before the New Year's Day class and I went to say hello to her and I couldn't talk. I had no voice at all. (laughs) So I had like gotten ready and gone to work and I thought, you know, this is fine. Um, And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Excuse me for swearing. Oh, shoot. And so I was calling Jonathan, texting him. It was pretty early in the morning on New Year's Day. Yeah, it was New Year's Day. I was trying to have a nice New Year's Day lay in. Yes, he was trying to have a sleep. A, a good sleep in and so eventually I got a hold of him and you came through and I had the class all planned out you just needed to be my voice <laughs> that's right so all worked out in the end it did but overall summarizing everything a day in the life of a strength coach couple it can be a very challenging situation but the, I definitely know there's people across the world who would give their left leg to have the schedule I have to have the job I have and you know, I just consider myself very lucky. We've definitely put a lot of work in to get to where we are, and we're not saying we know everything there is to know out there. We consider ourselves lifelong learners, but we're in a position that we enjoy going to work every day, and we've got awesome people to coach and coach uh, around, as in fellow coaches. So yeah. we're very grateful. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway from all this is just not to get complacent, right? Like, enjoy what you're doing, and but try and get better at it all the time whether that be your job or your relationship or whatever yeah exactly all right so guys thanks for listening we appreciate it this was a lot of fun for us to do if you have any questions on topics that you want to suggest hit us on the email the pillars of health pod at gmail.com apart from that it's goodbye from Aaron. goodbye and goodbye from me (laughs) and we'll see you soon